Hey y'all, welcome to the By His Grace podcast. I am your host, Misty Phillip. Happy New Year. We made it. We survived 2020 and have lived to face another year. I hope y'all enjoyed getting to know my amazing husband, Peter, a little bit better. And I want to thank everyone who left me a review for my birthday. Y'all are such an incredible blessing. I cannot believe that we are starting year three of the By His Grace podcast. I am truly humbled that y'all take time out each week to tune in, and I am so excited about the year that we have planned for you. We are taking the podcast in a new direction, and each month will center around a central theme, and so we're going to do a mini-series each month, and I'm super, super excited to share it with you. This month, we are going to focus on discerning the voice of God. And don't we all need a word from God as we start this new year? One of the major projects that my husband and I have been working on over the holidays is merging uh, my two companies under one unified brand. So the podcast membership site previously called the Rocket Podcast Community will now be a part of Spark Media, and it's called the Spark Collective. I'm so excited to bring everything in under one unified Spark brand. So we'll have the Spark Christian Podcast Conference, the virtual summits, and the membership community all under the Spark Media umbrella. This will help me to streamline my business process and give me more time for my writing and speaking. I don't know if y'all know this yet, but I am working on my new book and I have already have my first quarter of this year booked for speaking, but I wanted to throw it out. If you are looking for a speaker for your online event or your women's ministry event or conference, I am currently booking for the summer of 2021 and the fall. So don't wait. My calendar is filling up very quickly, but I would love to come and serve your people. Today, I am excited to introduce you to my amazing friend, Charity Ellis. If you do not know Charity, y'all are going to be so thankful that you got to spend a few minutes with her. She is an absolute ray of sunshine. Today, she is going to share a talk that she gave at the Spark Now Summit in November about the posture that we should take moving into this new year. Y'all, this presentation was so good. I had to share it with y'all. I think this is the perfect way to kick off year three of By His Grace. If you are a podcaster or Christian communicator and you enjoy today's episode, I would highly recommend that you purchase a copy of the Spark Now Summit because for a limited time for the month of January, you can get exclusive access to Charity's Talk and all of the other fantastic presentations that we had at the Spark Now Summit for only $20.21. We feel so passionate about the importance of Christian podcasting 
that we want everyone to have access to these amazing trainings. So I will put the link to purchase the Spark Now Summit in the show notes. But for now, I would love to introduce you to my sweet friend, Charity Ellis, as she shares the posture we should assume going into 2021. Hi, my name is Charity Ellis, and I am so honored and so humbled to be part of the Spark Now Summit. I really just want to start by saying thank you. Thank you for who you are, for what you do, for using your voice to further the kingdom of God. When I think of you, I think of one of my favorite quotes by Andy Andrews, and it says, There are generations yet unborn whose very lives will be shifted and shaped by the moves you make and the actions you take today, tomorrow, the next day, and the next. Every single thing you do matters. And I hope today is a refresher for you in that. I hope that you know that in the depth of your spirit, that every single thing you do matters immensely. And I thank you. When I received the message from Misty inviting me to share thoughts with you on mindset as we prepare for the new year, I said yes immediately. And immediately I felt a heaviness with a heavy question weighing on my heart. Maybe you felt that question too. Following 2020, how on earth do we move forward into 2021? In a year where isolation and division and violence and quarantine and sickness and so much loss has literally brought us to our knees, how do we move forward from here? And as I sat with that heavy question on my heart, I felt an answer rise up. And the answer is we stay here. At first I thought, what? We can't stay here. What do you mean, where? And I heard, we stay here, right here on our knees to move forward. In a year where every imaginable and unimaginable thing has absolutely brought us to our knees, the only way that we can move forward is to stay right here on our knees, fully bowed down, fully surrendered to Christ. So what's burning in my spirit to share with you today is that perhaps, perhaps the post-2020 posture must be the bowed posture. And perhaps that is the most bow, that is the most powerful posture for the year and for our lives. Psalm 95.6 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. As we wrap up this year and move into next year, we're going to begin seeing books that ask us for our word for the year. And I hear Jesus whispering. And when I look at his life, I see him showing us that the only victorious posture is the bowed posture. Perhaps if Jesus could select our word for the year, it would be bow. If you search for the definition of bow, you'll see lots of results. One of them is the word yield. Yield to his spirit, yield to his way, yield to his plans, yield to his purpose, yield to his word, yield, bow. But in our culture, bowing is absolutely foreign. If you think about it, when is the last time you've seen someone bow? When is the last time someone bowed to you? When is the last time you bow to someone else? What are even the feelings that rise up in you when you imagine bowing to someone else? In our culture, bowing is foreign. So how do we do this? Why would we do this? 
For these questions, we look to the life of Jesus because he lived the vowed life, the very best. There's so much to notice when we look to the life of Jesus and how he lived a bowed life, that bowed posture. So much of it can instruct us and empower us and help us as we move forward from here. Three things really shine forth as I was praying for you all and praying for what we need to do to move forward. One of them is that the bowed life of Jesus was saturated with humility. The next is that it was paved with miracles. And the last is that it leads to resurrection. So first of all, the first thing we notice, beginning with the way that Jesus Christ chose to come into the world as a baby in a manger, we see that the bowed life that he lived is absolutely saturated with humility. We see this in the words he spoke and the way he had to bow his flesh to live out those words. He said, not my will, but thine be done in Luke twenty-two forty-two, And he bowed to live those words. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do in Luke 23, 34. And he bowed his flesh to live out those words. What if we did the same? I had a pastor growing up by the name of James Kilgore. He lived the bowed life. He was saturated with humility, his life was. He pastored the church and he would walk over to the private school where we attended and have lunch with the students there and talk to us about the hard things of life and challenge us and correct us when we got off path. The day of his death, his children found a journal sitting in his study on the desk. And the entry for that day was, Holy Spirit, what would you have me do today? And it was the same the day before, the day before. He would write that in his journal every single day, simply asking, Holy Spirit, what would you have me do today? As we aim to make bow the word of the year, the word of our lives, how can we saturate everything we say, everything we are, everything we do with humility? Not only was the life of Jesus, the bowed life, saturated with humility, as I leaned in, I noticed it's also paved with miracles, that this humility bows down to the power of God, and it's paved with miracles. As Jesus bowed his life, others bowed theirs as well, and miracle after miracle after miracle followed. The boy with five loaves and two fish, he had a tiny little lunch, but he bowed his need to the needs of the multitude, putting his lunch in the hands of Jesus. That little lunch fed a multitude with baskets and baskets left over. Because the boy bowed his need, miracles happened for him as well as for everyone else. Miracles happen when we bow. The woman with the issue of blood, she bowed her pride to push into the crowd to see Jesus and then physically bowed to touch the hem of his garment and she was miraculously healed. The widow with only enough oil and only enough meal to make one more cake for herself and her son before she passed away, before they both died. She was asked to make a cake by the prophet Elijah for him and she bowed her knee to his. And because of that, the barrel of meal never went dry and the oil never, ever stopped flowing. Mary bowed to spill her life savings at the feet of Jesus, and her sins were forgiven, and her life was transformed. 
Paul and Silas, they were in prison. And instead of giving up, they bowed their lives in worship and they lifted their voices in praise. And the walls of the prison fell in an earthquake. And the jailer and his entire household came to know God because of this miracle. The beautiful thing, maybe the most beautiful thing about the bowed life is that even when our circumstances around us don't miraculously change, or maybe they don't change in the timing that we would prefer them to change, as we walk out this life that Jesus walked, this bowed life, we are changed. And that might be the greatest miracle of all. Miracles happen when we bow. The bowed life is paved with miracle after miracle. And I pray over you, over each of us, that as we bow every detail of our lives in 2021, miracles will erupt all around us. And that through living this way, perhaps the greatest miracle will be the way your very own heart is transformed. Not only do we see the life of Jesus, the bowed life, saturated with humility and paved with miracles, but we see that this life leads to resurrection. In fact, it's the only life that leads to resurrection. If Jesus had not bowed his life, living those words, not my will, but thine be done, there would be no crucifixion. There would be no resurrection and therefore no salvation. There can be no resurrection without death. Throughout the Bible, altars are presented as a place of purification, dedication, commemoration, and worship. If 2020 has brought us to our knees, and it has, what has been purified as you bowed at that altar? What has been purified from your life at the altar this year? What are you dedicating back to God that maybe you were holding back before this year? What are you commemorating that he has done in your life, even in the midst of this year? Throughout the Bible, we'll see they built an altar and they built an altar and they built an altar. They would build an altar in commemoration to the things God has done. What will you be commemorating that God has done in your life this year? When we bow our lives to Christ, an exchange of power takes place. As the song says, resurrection power runs in my veins too. So as we bow our lives, we see that our we bow our weakness and we receive his strength. We bow our fear and we receive his faith. We bow our little and we receive his much. We bow our chaos and we receive his order. We bow our confusion and we receive his clarity. We bow our uncertainty and we receive his sovereignty. We bow our anxiety and we receive his peace. We bow our sorrow and we receive his joy. We bow our life and we receive his life, abundant life, and even everlasting life. Although our position in life will no doubt change as we move through this year and into 2021, our positions will often change. But my prayer is that our posture remains the same, a bowed posture, a kneeling posture, for it is the most victorious posture as Jesus himself showed us with his life. 
Psalm 95, 6, as I mentioned and earlier, it says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. And before we think that this position of kneeling is a position of pity, let us read the verses that come before it. Psalm, starting in Psalm 95, 1, it says, Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God, and he is king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth, and the heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is even his, and he made it, and he formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down to kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are his people, the sheep of his hand. You see, bowing is a position of victory when you know who you're bowing to. And you know that exchange of power, that resurrection power that is going to take place when you bow. Philippians 2.10 says that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, and even things under the earth. As we see in the life of Jesus, the bowed life is the most triumphant life, saturated with humility, paved with miracles, and leading to resurrection, leading to everlasting life. So in the name of Jesus, we bow our hearts and our voices to you. We bow our plans and our platforms and our communities to you, God. We bow our future. We bow our year. We bow our months. We bow our days. We bow our minutes. We bow our hours. We bow our seconds. We bow our very lives to you. And we know that our word for 2020, our word for a victorious life is bow. And so... We worship, we bow down, we kneel before the Lord, our maker.